Greetings. We are live. Welcome, everyone. I may or may not be working on a thumbnail for tomorrow, but I'm definitely here. It is game and talk. Busy day today. You know, a lot of interesting things to discuss. Obviously, we had a partner showcase Nintendo Direct today that we're going to go over. Not really like how John does it, because I think that's very boring where he just goes over the list of games. We're more so just going to talk about the stuff that kind of stood out in our mind. I know Nate is really looking forward to this segment because he watched the direct like, what'd you say, eight or nine times. So he'll be well aware of everything that we're going to be talking about. <laughs> but before we get into the introductions, we, of course, have to give a huge thank you to our Patreon supporters, because without you guys, this show does not exist because John doesn't pay us a single penny. Shout outs to our producer, Trent A., our executive producer, William Hoag, Mr. Joby. Joshua Butts, a.k.a. The Butt Man. John O., Achievement, who um, wants to see Colt Eastwood on the rebranded Spawncast on Saturday nights. I said talk to John. And, of course, the man of the past couple months, the Game Orb, our $500 sponsor for the month. Great channel. If you're into conventions, you're into gameplays, let's plays, he streams on Twitch. He streams on uh, he streams on Twitch, makes videos on YouTube. He will have a link in the description box down below, pending that Josie added it. If not, she will add it at the end of this video. Shout outs to the game or make sure you guys go show him some love because he is so kind to us over here on the Spawncast Network. I am RGT85, joined by always as Josie Woe. Josie, how we doing? Good. Excited to talk about the direct. And I did add the, the game orb, so he should be there. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And of course, Nate the Hate, the, the man of the hour, as um, some people would say, I guess. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, you kind of you needed a trail of breadcrumbs to find your way back from that. Hey, uh, crumbs make crumb cake, pal. I feel How like you doing, they do. They can also make a mess. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, everyone likes cake. Would you rather eat a crumb or would you rather eat a cake? Save it because that's going to be our debate because I didn't pick one. Obviously, <laughs> I pitched a debate topic. Did you? Well, you can yes. surprise us with it. Like I usually surprise all of you. <laughs> um, obviously, uh... big day today. Um, I set my alarm for 845. I woke up. I looked at my phone. I closed my eyes. It was 950. I was like, fuck me. But we had a... Um, a Nintendo Direct Partner Showcase today. Lots of rumors, lots of speculation going on with this event. Um, a lot of predictions were out there. We got some leaks um, from Piaro as well. Pyro, however you want to say it. I say Piaro because it's O-R-O. -O. Just makes sense to me. So, like I said, instead of just reading down the list of games, I kind of just want to go around and we can highlight, you know, like I'll highlight a game, Josie can highlight a game, and then Nate can do whatever um because <laughs> he didn't watch it um so one of my highlights from this i think would definitely be the star wars battlefront collection with battlefront one and two and those games originally came out during the ps2 era and that was kind of like one of the first few like online games that really stuck with people on consoles like they were they were very, very fun experiences, you know, covering this is when Star Wars, you know, before they got kind of crazy with all the shit, you know, it was in there. You know, you had the the original 
uh, three movies. Then you had the three prequels. So that was pretty much, and that was actually coming out as those three prequels were happening. So really it was more so focused on the classic stuff that many of us grew up with. And they were super fun games. So to see those come in with like 60 play, what was it? Like 60 player online or some shit. Like that's going to be fun. I hope that there's cross platform play. This will be releasing on switch PS4 and PS5. Got to feel bad for Xbox people with that one. But I, I am super looking forward to this. Like this was actually a very big surprise for me because you know, we've been getting Star Wars games here and there. Um, Dark Forces is coming out uh, at the end of this month, which is a game that was it was essentially like Star Wars meets Doom, but you had to have a PC to play it. And I never played the game. I um, actually bought it on my Steam Deck and it's not Steam Deck compatible. So like I can't play it on the Steam Deck without having to do a bunch of shit. So I'm super looking forward to playing that for the first time because like that's been a game I've wanted to play for like 20 plus years. But I am I am really looking forward. I am really looking forward to to that. Yeah, that game looks kind of cool. I um, it's just a direct port, right? For the most part, except for they they added online. Uh, no, they said there's gonna be new maps too. New maps, okay. So they added some stuff. Yeah, I was just gonna visually that game definitely looks old, but it it seemed cool. And I've only I haven't ever played the old Battlefronts. I've only ever played like the the Xbox one that came out recently. For oh wait. EA. Oh wait, hold on. Let me clarify. Magnum tried to call me out, and I was gonna bury him but he is correct. Um, <laughs> it is coming out on an Xbox. My bad. I, for, for whatever reason, I, the press release, I think I read said PlayStation only my bad, my bad. <laughs> yeah. But dark forces wasn't as good on PS one. Like the PC version was the good one, but Josie um, or Nate. So Josie, you said uh, it looks dated. It looks like crap is what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. But it seems cool. I mean, I've, I've never played the old ones, so I don't know if they're like necessarily worth it, but but is it like, do you think this is a game that if you don't have nostalgia for, like, is it going to be good or do you have to have to meet nostalgic um, for that style? I don't think so. Cause it'll have, no. I mean, really the only thing that will hold it back would be visuals and controls, but I'm sure the controls will be like modernized. So, mm-hmm. you know, and the visuals, you know, they're, they're HD, um, affied now. It's just chaotic. Like there's so much stuff going on in the games. It was very, it was a very unique sort of um, time frame for games and kind of the infancy of um, the infancy of online console games as far as like becoming mm-hmm. bigger experiences. So the gameplay of this is like an online shooter type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, because because I, I have played like the newer ones by EA, but they're kind of crappy. So, yeah, you know, I I've played the newer ones and I never really got into them. Like, I don't know, something about them just it, it didn't really click with me. Whereas mm-hmm. this, you know, there's a bit of nostalgia. But, you know, I mean, that's kind of an interesting topic when you think about it, because it's almost like. It's almost like I don't want to sound like an old man or anything like that. But some of these games are like, they're almost too complicated for their own good. You know what I'm saying? And like, I feel like those Star Wars Battlefront games, the the reboot was just more complicated than it needed to be. 
compared yeah. to the compared to the games that came out on the PS2. I think that's an issue with a lot of shooters and stuff recently too. It's like that the, their thing wants to be customization and all this stuff changes everything about the gameplay. But if you're jumping in for the game for the first time, it can get extremely confusing. And then it's like very alienating for new players as well. So I can right. agree with you. So, Nate, do you have any thoughts on the Battlefront Classic Collection consisting of Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2 with new maps, characters, and more? <laughs> I do not, as I never played them. I'm not a big Star Wars guy, so there's really <gasps> no interest for me for that particular release. Not even the first three movies. You talk about the prequels or the original trilogy? The original. Not the original trilogy. I've never seen the original trilogy. Whoa, whoa, okay. whoa, whoa! I've never yeah. watched the movies. What? Why? It's just now that it was never a thing of interest for me. But, but you have they're... to at least watch the OG trilogy. Those are like some of the best movies but ever. I... No, it's it's so in the modern day zeitgeist that I know everything. So what's the point of watching them? Woo no, but Darth it's just Vader's like Luke's father. Yeah. <laughs> Who shot first, Hans or Greedo? I don't care. See, you would care if you watched the movies, although they kind of changed some of those things up. Shout out to the 250 people in here. Make sure you guys share the video around because, you know, I demand to be the number one podcast for Nintendo stuff on Wednesday nights. And we're already winning, folks. That's what I like to see. <laughs> yes, let's friggin' go. Um, <laughs> Nate, so you never, you know, you know I, this is this is shocked because I think like, you know, I live in a world where I don't really follow a lot of stuff, but like that's shocking even for me. No, I mean, no one in my family was into Star Wars either. Like my parents didn't watch it. My brother didn't have interest in it. So See, my uncle did. My uncle did. So it was like it was like biblical for us. Yeah, there was just nothing in my family. I don't think they ever saw the original trilogy. I've even asked my parents. They're like, "Oh, was Star Wars a big deal?" Because you were young when it came out. They're like, "No, we didn't go to the theater for it. So like, we had no interest in seeing it." I feel like I watched so... the Star Wars movies like all the way through from from the like uh, originals all the way to the new crappy stuff like every year so i just can't even imagine that's crazy see, there's basically like indiana jones is so much better than star wars no i, I mean, agree you, with you, you never saw but you never saw star wars so how would you know that because indiana jones is just legendary so is star wars though and i think it depends on what what movie you're comparing it to have you seen Raiders Empire Strikes? Lost... Just no. just watch Empire Strikes Back. You don't have to see any of the other ones, but the middle one is like the best Star Wars movie ever made. God is it better than Raiders of the Lost Ark? <laughs> yes, I think so. Last Crusade. Oh yeah, no, I think it's better. I think that movie is better than all of Indiana Jones. See, I've seen all the Indiana Jones movies, but I can't. The only the only one I I really like remember vividly is the one with the little kid because I thought he was funny. Mm. Temple of Doom? Is that the one with the little kid? I think yeah. so. That's the one I think is funny. He's got his hat. That movie's terrible. Hey, <laughs> it sticks out of my mind because of the little kid. <laughs> he was funny in the Lego games. Have you played the Lego Indiana Jones? That little kid was super funny in the in those. Judging I'm not a child. I'm not playing Lego games. I'm so but... that came out like twenty, <laughs> maybe fifteen years ago. I don't know. I played it when I was a kid. No, nah, I mean, I, I played Lego Harry Potter on the channel. 
so I can't really say much. <laughs> okay, so let's relax. Josie, give me, give me, give me a game you liked from this. I loved Epic Mickey. That was the highlight of the entire thing for me. I love that game, and I like just bought it again for the Wii, and now it's on the Switch, and it's remastered. It looks really nice. Um, I'm hoping that they fix the controls a bit because I didn't love those and the platforming was kind of clunky. So I'm hoping they sort of rehauled stuff, but like the story of it, it's fantastic. The The animations are gorgeous. So I'm just excited to get into it again. But yeah. Now I played that back in the day. Mm-hmm. There's a story attached to it, but I won't, I won't tell it. Um, but I remember liking that game and then like, they did a sequel, and the sequel was kind of crappy, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the sequel was only good if you play it two-player. If okay. you play it single-player, it's kind of bad. Yeah, it's... um, And, and the, the g- gameplay, like, that is not where that game shines, unfortunately, even though it should. But I'm hoping that with this remake, it fixes things a bit there. Because it's just, like, really minute things that they would have to just kind of rearrange... And like maybe tweak the physics a bit, but I think if they're remastering it from the ground up, you know, like okay, okay, do really well. Now, do you get a free copy of this since you worked for Disney? <laughs> I don't think so. I might if I still worked there, but I don't think so. They don't so like to no give longer, us free stuff. You're no longer affiliated with them. No, I no longer work there because I'm out of the. I I, I could have stayed. I didn't want to live in Florida anymore. <laughs> to be honest. Mm. I mean. Better than California. I don't um, think so, man. <laughs> but yeah, Epic, I, I you couldn't pay me to go there. Uh, Epic Mickey, you know, pretty cool. It, we are starting to see, and this this actually brings up a good point, uh, Miss Woe. Um, you know, you got Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2 coming. You got Epic Mickey coming. We're starting to see Disney really tapping into that library of games. And I'm all for it. I want to see that Castle of Illusion remake that came mm-hmm. out um, uh, during the 360 era. I'd like to see that brought back to, you know, modern platforms. Because I'm not sure. I know. Well, I don't think you could. You can't buy the PS3 version on your PlayStation. It never came out on the Switch. But, like, that was a super good game. But, like, there's been reports going on that um, that Disney was essentially like, yes, you know, more games. I mean, you see what they just yeah. did with um Fortnite with, with Fortnite. Um, yeah. Nate, do you like Star Trek? <laughs> um, I never saw the their Star Trek television shows nor the original movies. The only Star Trek film I've ever seen is Into the Darkness. I think it was called. With I, Chris I'm, Pine I'm, and. Oh, that one's only, crappy. Yeah, it's thing, when um, Benedict Cumberpatch is Khan. Yeah. It's the only Star Trek movie I've ever seen. I um, The only thing I remember from the Star Trek TV show is when they took LeVar Burton's visor off and his eyes were all gross. He got <laughs> captured or something and took the visor off. It scared me as a kid. Um, Spyro Jones, old Disney games up through the PS1 were great. You know, it's funny. I actually recently have been playing um the aladdin game i think it's oh yeah that one's so good far maybe i don't know i'd never played it before and i was you know i'm a fan of the original movie i'm a fan of the genesis version of the game the superior version of the game and i'm actually liking this game i granted i'm running like you know texture enhancements and stuff like that but it's pretty fun platforming 
a little bit of an adjustment to it, but I, I think it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty fun game. Yeah, um, I think the thing with Disney is like all their games are like pretty fun and they're cool, but like they just have like certain gameplay elements that are pretty basic for other companies. It's like that's the one thing that they sort of fall flat in. Like they make a platformer where the platforming isn't great, but everything else about it is really cool. And that's kind of what happened with Epic Mickey. So I hope like when they bring it back or if they start to remaster more of these, they can focus on that more so than they have. Nate, anything stick out in your mind now for the um, for the Patreon backers that are watching this right now, you already know or, or you already knew about one game that was going to be here because on the mm -hmm. after show, um, Nate teased it and it uh came out fine as frogs hair nate you want to tell the tell the audience what game you correctly yes. said was coming that's right two weeks ago the patrons did get an exclusive morsel of information regarding the direct and that morsel of information was pentiment would be coming to the nintendo switch which was announced and confirmed today in the partner direct and it releases tomorrow so everyone should be buying pentiment for switch tomorrow and if you don't buy Pentiment, you're just disservicing yourself a fantastic game. How well, much do you think I... Pentiment's going to cost? Well, the physical copy from LRG is priced at thirty four ninety nine, so I would imagine it would be priced bucks. maybe $20, $30 yeah. at most. I would oh, think cool. 20 because they don't have prices up for Grounded or Pentiment on the eShop. At least when I last checked, um, they did not have any sort of price 350 people let's go y'all are killing it tonight um yeah i didn't have any prices up um for those games but mm. pentiment's a pass for me i did see that uh dreamcast guy is picking it up for his um for his good old playstation 5 mm -hmm. even though he has an xbox and he has game pass wants to support it <laughs> that's a move that's a move um but yeah you know not my style but looks kind of cool i guess um i guess people yeah i don't know yes tater salad i hope that's a reference <laughs> to i always forget is what's the dude's name what's tater salad's name the comedian oh um from yeah, I can't think of it. the foxworthy tour that dude, that he was the best out of all those dudes. He should have been, he should have been the, the guy. Um, all right, so I will now bring up something. I get a little bit of a victory lap here. Ron White, that tater salad, that dude's the man. That that his stand up is great. Um, rare mm -hmm. on Nintendo Switch Online. I remember a certain. Mm -hmm bald Australian <laughs> even though he's uh, he's clearly from England um man telling me that he did not believe any more rare games were going to be coming to Nintendo Switch online and we got not one not two not three not four but five rare games on Nintendo Switch online all available right now for the NES we have okay this press release i'm reading says snack rattle and roll the game is called snake rattle and roll um 
for the NES, RC Pro-Am also for the NES, for Super Nintendo, Battletoads and Battle Maniacs, and Killer Instinct, and for the Nintendo 64, the classic Blast Core, a severely underrated game with that. Um, but yeah, um, I think this is big stuff. This is big stuff because now the floodgates are open i see our dude says still mad about no diddy kong racing my child that is coming i think we can all agree that that is coming if, if we're getting if we're getting choice cuts here if we're getting a killer instinct if we're getting a blast freaking course they're just saving it they're saving the diddy kong because you got to save something to release later on i think that was super cool you know um now medallion says he was hoping for killer instinct gold i believe killer instinct gold was rated m for mature let's look that up real quick um so that would be a little bit of a problem because there are no m rated games on there um of course why, why can't i find uh is killer instinct rated m uh oh, that's the original killer instinct uh, it looks like it's rated t well mr medallion once again, when that Diddy Kong drops, I bet you get your little thingy of Killer Instinct Gold. Josie putting up the link for our own link. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that was super cool to me. I actually played... I'm terrible at Killer Instinct. I always liked the vibe of it, like the music and the... Like that intro music is fucking banging, dude. <laughs> I guess so good. The characters are cool too. The combo system's really fun. I just, I never played it growing up. I didn't have a Super Nintendo, but I always admired that game. So I had fun playing that. I had fun playing Blast Course. And look, man, that's a sizable drop. You know, that's a good amount of games. And, um, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely was, was, was happy to see that. Um, Primarily because mm -hmm. I can make fun of MBG. Now, Josie, have you ever played any of these games? No, I haven't. I've wanted to play Battletoads for a while, so this I'm pretty excited because I've I want to well, check it Super out. This is a Super Nintendo one, which was a little different. I don't I don't think I actually played this. I played Battletoads mm -hmm. Trouble Dragon and the original one, but I don't know that I ever played this, so I might um I might dip my toes into it. Um, Blast Cores is pretty fun though. Um, yeah, so what is the what type of yeah, what type of game is that? Because I've never heard of it. There's really. like a truck and it's driving and it's got explosives on it and it's got to get to the end of the level. And the only way to help it get to the end of the level is you got to blow up everything in its way. So you're in like different vehicles and different like trucks, and there's like a flying suit too to like, yeah, it's demolition. You just demolish stuff in its way. It's it's pretty fun. It's a pretty it's a pretty fun game. Uh, yeah, Charles cool. Carnage, Super Nintendo. There. Oh, oh, okay, wrong, wrong comment. <laughs> uh, the Super Nintendo one was closer to the arcade version of Battletoads. Okay, so that's that's cool. Um, ooh, Blast Core is boring. All right. Um, so Nate, I bet any, like. Oh, sorry. Go I was ahead. just gonna say. I bet at some point they'll probably start bringing over the other Battletoads, right? Like from from NES and all that kind of stuff. Is Battletoads NES so. not on there? I don't think so. I haven't seen it. I've been trying to play Battletoads for a while, and it's like nowhere to be found on the service. Hot take: the NES game, it's not that good. 
I don't think it's that good. I I've know heard that a have, lot. I've, I know people have, like, it's fine. It's serviceable. It's light years better than the one that released on Xbox. But I don't think it's that good. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I gotta um, play it. Nate, any, any fond memories of these uh, rare titles, if you will? Yeah, I mean, primarily with Killer Instinct on the Super NES. Played that game a ton. And if I remember right, if you bought it on the Super NES, didn't it come with a mini soundtrack and like a yes. little Nintendo Power comic? Killer Cuts. It came with the CD. Yeah. I had a, so I used to cool. have it in my collection. I think I got yeah, I got rid of it. But yeah, it came with a because it was a black cart and it came uh-huh. with the Killer Cuts CD that had the the music on it. Yeah, I mean the soundtrack of that game is phenomenal, especially Sabretooth's theme. It's like the perfect Halloween song. But just the fighting mechanics of the game, that'd be something I'll probably play on NSO over the course of the week. See if I can pull up some ultra combos again. It's been a while since I played that title, though. And it's just good to see more rare games get added to NSO. Hopefully this is a sign of future releases, be it Killer Instinct Gold, or maybe we finally get that mature game with Perfect Dark. Because those are kind of the games people are really looking forward to, especially from Rare. And if that could potentially lead way to Conker's Bad Fur Day or even Banjo-Tooie, I think that would satisfy the needs of a lot of people. And Microsoft seems as though they are willing to play ball with Nintendo on NSO with these legacy Rare games. So it really seems as though anything is possible at this point. So I'd love to see more and more Rare games come over to the service because we kind of have a large crop of what they what they offer during their golden era on the Nintendo platform. So bring those remaining titles over and give the fans what they want. And with the inclusion of online, it could really make the Conquer multiplayer a lot more fun. And you can't play that on, you know, rare replay on the Xbox and such. But throw it on NSO, give it to that core fan base once again. And, you know, I think, I think the rare announcement is probably one of the standout things for the partner direct, just seeing this small roster be immediately available to people because these are games we grew up with. These were iconic games and maybe it's not that big of a deal to the younger audience, but these really help set the tone and define certain genres in their respective times. You look at killer instinct and the fact that it's on NSO, you kind of have to wonder, what is Microsoft's plan with Killer Instinct moving forward? Is this their way to, once again, get into that public opinion of play Killer Instinct and maybe we'll have an offering for you in the future? Because this is how you tickle that nostalgia bone. Get people interested. You play Killer Instinct on NSO. You go get an Xbox or you get PC and you're picking up Killer Instinct from 2013, which is a phenomenal game as well. And maybe we'll get Killer Instinct 2 from that development team a little later this generation or the start of next generation. So give us Killer Instinct Gold next and keep the rare games coming. Yeah, speaking about rare a little bit, I just have a question for you guys. Do you think that like Sea of Thieves and that kind of stuff is going to come over eventually? Because that wasn't actually you know, announced for Switch or anywhere in this Direct, but I feel like that's probably, at least for me, that's one of the games I think would be the best on Switch and that I'd like to check out on Switch. I I kind of have a hard time envisioning Sea of Thieves running on the Switch. Okay. Um, 
Fair. Just the physics of the That's... waves and the ocean and the scope of the game seems way too big for what the Switch currently is. I'd mm-hmm. kind of be curious to see how Grounded actually runs. That, yeah, that, that I think that'll be that'll be a kind of test. the test to see. Yeah, four hundred mm-hmm. in the chat. Let's go, people! Shout wow. out to y'all. But yeah, I think I think Grounded will sort of be the litmus test because um, I where did I see that comment. Hold on one second. Uh, what the hell is it? Go- oh, there it is. Woden's Throne says Penny's Big Breakaway only 30 frames on the Switch when it's 120 <laughs> FPS elsewhere. <laughs> and I mean, you know, y'all y'all always hated these people talking about Switch Pro. I bet you're wishing you had that Switch Pro so you could play Penny's Big Breakaway <laughs> at 120 frames per second. But, you know, we're we're kind of nearing the end of the system. And we'll actually talk about frames per second in just a minute with another game that was at this presentation josie what's something else that stood out in your mind uh i liked i think uh endless ocean is interesting i haven't Mm. at all really seen much of the game i'm very unfamiliar with it but it seems like a cult classic wii title um and i like the idea of 30 like i feel like it's really cool that they put an online multiplayer to this thing right like that's kind of very random and kind of not what nin- you would think a nintendo would do so are we hitting uh, the seas boys and girls we're gonna do a little scuba we diving hit- together we should we should start hitting the seas i'm very down because i interesting. i i i like yeah here we go medallion hits the nail on the head here it's a hidden gem on the way a fun interesting experience but it's very weird to close the show on a on a chill game you know what i'm saying yeah. it's a game yeah, yeah. that like I, we were saying before we went on air, you should have ended with like the Battlefront collection. People were like, "Oh shit, that's awesome!" You know, like and you got to kind of end on something hype. I feel at least so that was interesting. To see, it looks a hell of a lot better than it did on the Wii. Um, interested to see how that that thirty player stuff works because, um, you know, it um, the Switch isn't really known for top-notch online but fuck i mean right. we got battlefront so i guess that's what we're really gonna get down to uh to uh brass tacks with but uh, you know i like it it's not yeah. you know it's nothing to it's like ah yes finally like i don't know if there was a lot of um you know a lot of hype for that game but for what it is it's pretty enjoyable because i'll never go like scuba diving or something like that. Cause my mind, my oxygen tank will break and uh, I'll die <laughs> okay. or something. Good to know. Nate, any thoughts on endless ocean <laughs> luminous? And by the way, before we go any further, Epic Mickey, I think it's 60 bucks and endless oh, ocean is shit. 50 bucks. Why is it 50, $60? That's so crazy. They should have put that at 30 for sure. I am pretty damn sure that it is a $60 hair game. Hmm. Whose oh, phone is blowing up? Jesus Christ. My flipping computer's connected for some reason. Connected. I'm trying to I'm trying to like the sound of that. I'm pretty sure I saw $60 on Epic Mickey. Like I'm, I'm 99% sure. Um Yep, $60 this Ace Breaker. Um Nate any any uh Steve Harvey. Any memories of um, Endless Ocean that you would like to share with us from your youth? 
And it was one of those games going back now well over a decade that was just that nice relaxing experience enjoying that aquatic life i don't necessarily think it would be a game i would play today mm. especially maybe not at full price maybe once i got a discount or so but it's also one of those titles i look at you come you're coming out so late in the generation that i would have preferred had it just waited wait another year or two come out on the switch to with beautiful visuals because even when i was looking at this it still seems so basic and you know you can do better if you're going to give me this type of experience in the 2020s i want to feel as though i am underwater and a shark is next to me or i am actually engaging with a dolphin i don't want it to look like a subpar rendered dolphin i want to be lost in the experience so I think for the time when this was a franchise back on the Wii, it was the right time and place. I'm kind of curious whether it will resonate with people now as much as it did back then. Didn't it use Wii Speak? I'm pretty sure it used Wii Speak. Am I alone in thinking that? Maybe. I never had. Oh, I'm never had the accessory. Wii. Oh, I had it. I had it for the conduit. Um, oh, yeah. Because I was talking mad shit. Oh no, it was it was uh it was the sequel that had We Speak capabilities, the uh, Blue World, not the not the OG game. I talked mad okay. shit on the conduit because I was a beast at that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely a, a cool game, but not one that I thought should have ended the show. Just in my opinion, I mean, but mm -hmm. kind of when you look at all of the um, other games, you know. What could it have been? I've seen some people in chat say uh, Shimagami Tensei 5, Vengeance, I, mean, I guess. Pentiment. You could have done the Xbox stuff at the end instead of starting out with Grounded. Um, you know. Pocket I, card jockey or something. <laughs> Do that no. No, please God. No. <laughs> That's not a closer. No. Just kidding. No. I'm kidding. No. What did you guys think of that game? It's I a great game on the 3DS. Hmm. I have no thoughts on it because I never played it and it doesn't look appealing to me. Um, mm -hmm. But I do want to say, um, seeing a lot of people talking about the Contra demo, I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume that y'all are playing it on an Xbox or a PlayStation <laughs> because that Contra demo on Nintendo Switch is ass. Straight ass. Like, not great. <laughs> not great it's not great dude like it's way too jank the frame rate is unstabler than my love life like i was I, I i i have a video going up about me complaining about it tomorrow but i'll give you the free preview now um like i i literally downloaded it and i was like all right this is gonna be fun and i started playing it. i was like sitting on my couch playing it in handheld mode and i was like no what's going on here something something doesn't feel right this this doesn't it's it feels off and like if you know about contra like contra is based on like precision like you have to be precise and and you know the movements are all precise and all that sort of stuff and john downloaded the xbox version he said it's fine i haven't had a chance to check it out yet but the switch version is not fine 
the Switch version is not fine at all. And who made this game? Way forward. And who wanted Nintendo? Who wanted um, Nintendo to buy Way Forward? On One topic? bad game doesn't define a whole company. But but this is the thing about it. Contra started out where in the arcade, and then it got a superior. I said it superior version on the NES. When you think of Contra and you are 30 years old or older, you think of NES. And this is kind of something that we were talking about kind of off camera um, before we were starting the show. But I think this is actually a good topic to kind of segue into um, because it also involves um, uh, Penny's Big Breakaway. A game like Penny's Big Breakaway, a game like Contra, a game like, I'll even say it, Sonic Frontiers. I understand why companies don't prioritize the Nintendo Switch in some instances. You know what I'm saying? If it's a game that's, you know, probably going to do better on something like PlayStation or it's just too, you know, taxing or demanding, fine. I completely yeah, understand. Yeah, like a Red Dead. Yeah, like a Red Dead or something like that. But a game like Contra... A game like Sonic, a game like Penny's Big Breakaway, a, a platformer game. Where do these companies think this game is going to sell the best? Because it's not going to be on Xbox and it probably won't be on PlayStation either. It's going to sell best on the system that's been around since the, you know, the, the, the name. People tie it in with the name. Like, like Sonic Colors. Remember when Sonic Colors Remastered came out? Sold way better on the Switch than it did on the other platforms, but the Switch version was broken at launch? Like, I, I, I guess I understand it from a development standpoint because it's probably easier to make something for the PlayStation 5 and Xbox and then kind of dumb it down. But it just seems, it just seems weird to me. It just seems weird to me. And I get it that, you know... There are technical limitations of the platform, but still, man, like it, it's just it's annoying. And it's, you know, it doesn't really it doesn't really matter to me, I should say, because I own, a, you know, I own a PS5, I own an Xbox, I own a Switch. But I don't know, those games just feel like they belong on the system. And when they come up kind of jank and just feel like, you know, it was kind of an afterthought instead of that sort of thing. I don't know. What, what, do, you, right. what do you guys think? I think you should know where your audience is. So I, I, I agree with you entirely. And and things that are platformers generally are going to sell better on a Nintendo platform for sure. And I just think it's... But, you know, for some of them, I think there is some technical limitations and stuff. So maybe we'll see more of an evening out of all of that stuff with like something like the Switch 2 eventually. But I'm not uh, sure. Steve Harvey, a.k.a. Acebreaker. Look at Prince of Persia, Lost Crown, developed for Switch first and runs great. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't argue with that. And I would venture to say that Prince of Persia is a more demanding game than Contra was. Because Contra isn't as open. It's left to right. It's all, you know, it's, it's, it's predetermined. Whereas... um something like Prince of Persia, you know, you're exploring at your own pace. And, you know, that was a great game. Um, RIP CDMR, like Bloodstain and a Hat in Time runs bad on Switch. Funny story. I 
I re- I reviewed Bloodstain on the Switch when it came out. I got like eight or nine hours into it, and I was like, I can't, I can't stand it anymore. I can't, I can't do this. Um, mm-hmm. I saw the game popped up on Game Pass. I started to play it on Game Pass, and I was like, I played like an hour of it, and I was like, I don't want to keep playing it because I know I have a Switch save file. I wonder if they ever fix the Switch version of the game. And I went and I re-downloaded it. And it was that fucking sand area where everything goes down to like five frames per second. That's where my state file was. And I was like, son of a bitch. I was like, they never fixed this. Like I, Castlevania is like Contra. It got its life on the NES. Nate, am I overreacting? You can say that I am. It's fine. I wouldn't say you're overreacting. I think one of the core problems here with Contra is we haven't had a good Contra game since yeah contra 4 unless we want to go with uh hardcore that was on xbox live arcade oh, oh okay i thought you and, meant the, the one that came out on the switch too that one was no not that one the uh yeah remember the one on xbox live arcade was made by um Arxis? yes 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 yeah it was fantastic and i think the issue is it's not to say WayForward is a bad developer. They have a lot of quality games that they've worked on. I think WayForward was just a mismatch for Contra here. But didn't WayForward do Contra 4? Yeah. That's the weird thing. That was a fucking it, DS game, and it runs a million times better. Runs better. Did. And I would even say it controlled better. Something is just feels off about this take on Contra. And... I won't put blame fully on WayForward here because obviously the publisher does have, I guess, final say. So you have to pin a little bit of this on Konami. It just feels as though Konami is resurrecting these franchises, but they're going to the lowest bidder. Mm. And I, I need to try out that Xbox demo. Maybe the controls will feel a little better because the Switch demo had such poor performance. Maybe that was throwing me off a bit. Because I had high hopes for this Contra, especially when we see the trailers. It looked it looked quality. It's just that Switch demo is not instilling me with any confidence that this is going to be a high-quality release next month. But I'm going to try that Xbox version, and if it performs well there, that might be the you know version of Contra I have to pick up. It's definitely odd, because as you've been saying, had they prioritized the Switch version and just allowed the Xbox and PlayStation versions to then run at 120 frames a second and such, similar to Prince of Persia, we could all be able to enjoy a quality game. Instead, it just feels as though maybe they were stretched too thin, as it doesn't feel as though the game is overly ambitious, unless we're missing something. But based on the demo, nothing here feels that ambitious that should be taxing the Switch hardware. Just release the WiiWare titles. Another one, the Contra Rebirth and Castlevania Rebirth. Once again... Castlevania, Nintendo, Contra. I, I, I don't get it. it. It's it's maddening to me. Um, so other games that were at this presentation, um, you know, Unicorn card, Overlord. Rocky. I think that looks cool. Okay, you already did your pocket card, Josh. Just saying, just saying. World of Goo 2. Didn't that come out on the cool. Wii? Mm-hmm. It's a Switch yeah. exclusive for consoles. Oh! <gasps> There we go, boys. That's the big <laughs> holiday seller. Um, Ender Magnolia, Bloom in the Mist. I didn't... It's very vanilla-ware-ish. Um, what's up with this game, Nate? You know, Was that that, it? like, black and white game? No. No, it wasn't. Hmm. Um, 
No, it was the one with the with the girl, the side scroller. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh, cool. Member of the Elder Lilies franchise. Okay, it's the first game in the series. Um, I don't know. It looked all right. I thought it looked kind of cool. Um, anything else, Josie, Nate? Yes. Go on. Super Monkey Ball Banana Rumble. Oh yeah, that one was great. Yeah. A little Sega action on there. Nice to see. Um, is this a new game or no? Um, it's, it's, it's the Wii version. It's the Wii version, right? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Wasn't that called like Banana Blitz or Banana something? Oh, I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was new, but maybe they just added a bunch of stuff. Mm, it says new Super Monkey Ball announced, according to Eurogamer. Okay. Are you going against Eurogamer tonight? I mean, to, to be fair, to, to be fair, I mean, Monkey Ball games do definitely they, blend together. Yeah, they tend to blend together, especially when they have a very similar visual aesthetic as prior ones. And honestly, if the game doesn't have Monkey Target, cancel it. It's a new game. Everyone's yelling. Um... I did see Woden's Throne, uh, base PS4 and Xbox One, barely run Kingdom Come Deliverance. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. Um, but there is a bit of an elephant in the room. Was that Japan got a new game for Nintendo Switch Online that we did not get here? And it's Mother, tell your children not to walk my way. <laughs> Tell your children not to hear my words, what they mean, what they say. Mother three. Um, I got to be honest with you. I don't give a shit about Mother Earthbound or anything like that. Quirky RPG. It's cool. It's fine. I don't think it's all that great. So that to me means absolutely nothing. But people were pissed about this. Why? Were... I don't understand why people are pissed. They have to understand that Mother three in Japan is just a standard release this is no different than any other rom drop that they've had in any region mother 3 released in japan so this is nothing special to them mother what do you think about mother josie i i don't really super care i'm i'm also not a big rpg person so i'm not the biggest fan of really that or earthbound i think they're great games for their own stuff they just not don't appeal to me um but, you know, it would have been cool, but I think they have to do a lot more work, right? If we were supposed to get Mother 3. There's in never the been US. an official translation. Yeah. So they'd have to do that. They've had to, you know, and, and there's been talk about how there's things that, like, they would probably have to take out, right? That really aren't, like, PC for American audiences. So they, they probably have to do a bit to the game. Uh, and I think, like, that would probably warrant more than just a drop on NSO. Like, if they're going to go that far. We'd probably see something like Fire Emblem, like when or, that, that Earthbound Beginnings. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Earthbound Beginnings did come out. I forgot about that. But it was um, originally, but, like, do you remember when like it was originally released on the uh, on the 3DS for money? Mm, okay, yeah. So do you remember like Fire Emblem, like the first one came out, and it mm -hmm. was like a limited time release, but it but it was like six bucks or something because they. They did a bunch of stuff to it. So I'd assume that maybe that'd be the same for Mother if it ever does make its way over here. But I just feel like there's a really loud subsection of people who super care about Mother and the Earthbound series. and But it's not mainstream, you know? It's like, it's not really... Do you, oh, it's like, way it, smaller than Metroid. 
It's way right, like, smaller than Metroid. Like a Mother 3 like remake comes out, right? And it's in the style of, of the Zelda Link to the Past game. Like, how well does that sell? Like, less than a million, right? I would assume so. I think it could do over a mil. I don't think it's hitting, like, three mil or anything close to that. Um, the original Earthbound and its heyday, I think, sold 180,000 copies or something like that. Um, mm. But obviously, the, the franchise has definitely gotten more representation um, through Smash Brothers and stuff like that. So there are new fans to it. Yeah. It's just hard for me to care about it because I'm not a huge Earthbound guy. Maybe if I was, um, it would hit a little more. I see at Hacker says, did anyone watch the Japanese direct? It had about 10 announcements that weren't in the US one. So I got a problem with that because, excuse me, a previous Japanese direct had the Goemon style game. The Goemon style game came out in Japan with all its freaking text that I can't read. And then it's still not here. Like that, well, where was that at this presentation? Like that should have been at this presentation if it's coming out here. So, like I don't know, it's hard for me to watch because if I see a game that I like, but there's it's text heavy, you know, it's kind of pointless to me. Yeah, no, I agree. There was a first party game that came out like in 2019 or something called like Buddy Mission Bond. That's like a original sort of visual novel, like detective-y thing. And um, it's by Nintendo, and it never came out here. And I'm kind of hoping eventually they bring it over, but... but yeah. Nate, anything about Mother? No. I mean, I really have no strong feelings on that game. The only game I'm going to be playing that has anything to do with Mother is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, because we all have to know about the true Mother, Genova, and her plans for the planet with her son Sephiroth. It's the only mother anyone should be concerned with. You have to decapitate that crazy bitch. All right. So overall, um, let's do a letter grade here for the presentation. I'm going to go with a solid C. Um, Not great. Not bad. Pretty solid. Josie? Um, I'm going to give it a B plus just because if I'm not comparing this thing to other directs right now, it's like compared to partner directs. And at least for me, this was like the most stuff I've ever seen in a partner direct where I've wanted to get like, get it and like go and play the games. So I understand there's a lot of disappointment, but at least for me with the Epic Mickey stuff, the the rare stuff was really cool. Um, Endless Ocean is just interesting to me, and Pocket Card Jockey, as stupid as it is, seems kind of interesting too. So, Nate, I come with a B minus C plus. So, if I had to do a number grade, it'd probably come in like a 78, 79. I think it had a nice variety of games, not necessarily anything that stood out as a whoa type of moment. You had the Xbox games, which are all very anticipated at this point. And in terms of just surprises, be it the rare games coming to NSO, a new Endless Ocean, new Monkey Ball, it just wasn't anything that was going to excite people this late into the generation. But I think it was enough to give current Switch owners enough to look forward to as the generation does wind down and wean into its later, you know, its late years. So I'd say it's just satisfactory. It did what it had to do. It didn't set the tone for 2024 or anything like that. It just gave you a few good releases to look forward to. And 
served its purpose. So yeah, satisfactory. You showed up for class. <laughs> I saw someone gave it a nine out of ten. I don't remember who that was though. Um, I I stand so, by it. Nate, I'll, I'll I'll give you a dealer's choice here. We got about nine minutes left, um, mm-hmm. or so. Do you want to talk about the reports about Switch Two, or do you want to do your debate topic? Yeah, I don't think ten minutes is really going to be sufficient to talk about those reports this week. We can do it on the bonus show. Yeah, we can talk a little bit about it on the bonus show. But yeah, too long, didn't read edition. Evidently, we're in 2025 territory now. You know, um, once the dust settles, we'll talk about it a bit more um, on an upcoming episode because it's not like we get a Nintendo Direct every week. Nate, hit us with the debate topic because he's evidently told us and I have completely forgot. Yes, you have forgotten. I even mentioned it to you yesterday. (laughs) Uh, yes with the news from embracer ceo saying layoffs are just a natural part of the industry and the industry has to learn to accept them the debate topic for this week is when satoru iwata took a salary cut do we think that was a noble act yes no or indifferent and we will start this with josie oh shit okay um Yes, I think it was noble, obviously, you know, you take a salary cut to pay for your employees' wages, you got to make sure they're putting food on their table, you got to make sure that they feel comfortable in their job, safe and secure, not like they're going to lose at any second. I think it's very noble, you know, he's a very smart guy for that, uh, because he knew that eventually there would be a big success down the line and he would make his funds back and more so. (laughs) Well... That's, that's face music I mean, reactions plus coming in saving my <laughs> ass uh saying no because there's a law in japan where ceos are obligated to do this for a company it is a law what has sony wow. been doing then it, it see i chose this topic so hopefully i would be able to catch you or sean off guard and not have that knowledge is that it is a law a Japanese company has to basically do three different things before they can do mass layoffs. And they can only do mass layoffs if the company is basically on the verge of full bankruptcy. And one of those is CEOs and executives have to do a salary cut. And when that news broke that when Iwata was doing it, it's just no one in the Western media was familiar with this law. So it was viewed as such this noble act by the individuals at Nintendo but it was really something they had to do. There are a couple of other things that the companies can also go. I believe it is somewhere in, I'd have to look up the specific three, but since with Nintendo, it was just a salary cut that everyone still references to this day. Whenever there is a layoff, people say, oh, look what Nintendo did. They took a pay cut, but it never has the mention of it had to happen. Hmm. I think that that shines a very different light on the situation. Okay, so to that I say, if that law isn't in place, is Nintendo doing that? They're they're taking a pay cut or they're they're laying people off. I think they're laying people off. Uh, yeah, they're a business, so I'd assume so too. Like, I mean, you know, 
I, I think that's just the nature of it. That's not to say that Iwata is a terrible person or any company that lays people off are terrible people. You got to remember one thing about this is that humans are stupid. And the video game industry has a lot of stupid humans in it because a lot of these companies grew in a time where most companies were shrinking, where people were trying to find, you know, uh, you know, five dollars in their couch cushions because they weren't working during the pandemic. Video games skyrocketed. Everyone was playing video games. Everyone was stuck at home. For some reason, a lot of these companies didn't necessarily have the foresight to be like, hey, this probably isn't going to last forever. And so they started, you know, doing things outside of the norm. They started kind of growing companies and stuff like that. And, you know, you know, it, it sucks, but it's unfortunately a part of business, not just the video game business, any business, every, every sector of the world has layoffs. You know what I'm saying? And I guess it, I guess it kind of hurts people more when it's video games because we kind of view it as this, you know, pure and organic thing. But it's not, man. It's it's commercial. It's Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? If if a movie studio lays people off, are we going to see the same sort of reactions that we see to video game companies when a bank lays, you know, a bunch of people off? Do we see that same sort of reaction? I think we just kind of develop this love relationship with the video game industry and some of the people in it that we think, you know, oh, that'll never happen. You know, uh, that'll never happen to my favorite company. But things change. Companies shut down. You know, companies restructure. A lot of companies from when we were kids, Midway, Acclaim, you know, huge companies, they're no longer in business. Um, So, I, you know, I don't think that there's necessarily like a right and wrong answer to this sort of thing. I think the main thing is it's turning into a life lesson. I think the main thing <laughs> is you always got to worry about yourself. You know, and it might sound selfish, but you can't help others if you can't help yourself. You have to be able, once you're good, then you can spread your wings, help your friends, help your family, you know, do this, do that, the other. But, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, a, a part of, it's a part of life, unfortunately. But whenever a door closes, a window opens. Wow. Nate, what is yours? Yeah, Unwalk. good one, Nate. <laughs> oh, mm -hmm. You're supposed to have like a, a nice little anecdote like I did. Yeah, I think your anecdote covered everything well enough. Hey. All right, I'm going to run a poll. Was Iwata noble for taking a salary cut? Yes, no, indifferent? Is that is that good? I, but how are people going to... Uh, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah, once I you know. realize it's a Japanese law, you could still say it's... I mean, that's the thing. It's not to, like, besmirch the man's reputation or anything no. or the act. It's just... It's a it's fact. Just, this is a fact. This is how Japanese companies are run. This is why you never hear of Japanese developers having mass layoffs because it cannot happen. They should bring that to the West. There are, there's too many regulations and laws in place to prevent that. To get fired from a Japanese company like a game development studio takes a lot. 
if you are a full-time employee. Now, if you are a contractor, that's a little different, but it's exceptionally difficult. It's not as flimsy as it is in the West. So, I mean, if you put up that as a poll, I don't see how one can say yes, no, or indifferent. It's just, it's a different country. It's different laws. It's a different culture. Everything is run differently. It's just at the time, a decade ago, when this happened, the Western community wasn't aware of that law. So we all viewed it as this noble deed of Nintendo saying, we're going to take a salary cut because the worker is so important. When it was just a case of, we have to do this because that's what law dictates to us. And the conversation, even I guess the legacy, the aura around that act would be very different if we knew the truth 10 plus years ago. Instead, you just see it referenced every time there's a layoff of, look what Nintendo did. Sony would do the same. Capcom would do the same. Any Japanese company would do the same. And this is the thing I've always struggled with, is that immediately after NCL put out those statements of we're taking the pay cut, Nintendo of Europe had four, I think it was in the air, three to 400 layoffs just a few months later. So it didn't go throughout all the regional you know, districts of Nintendo. NOA still has layoffs. NOE still had layoffs. They shut down entire branches in Nintendo of Europe. It was strictly speaking for NCL. And people ignore what happened in Nintendo of Europe. Well, because it's Mario, man. Everyone <laughs> loves Mario. All right. Well, that's, that was... a, that's a depressing fucking ending. Crushing yeah, that's quite the... Crushing... Nate's next topic like, for debate. Claus, go fuck yourself. He's not real. <laughs> fuck you. Um, but yeah. Um, hey, there's a lot of hits <laughs> on this show tonight. A lot of good shit. But hey, that's how. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's how we're gonna wrap things up here. Um, for all of our Patreon members, we'll be live in about. 15 or so minutes with the after show. Make sure you come through there. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight, man. We had, we peaked at 450. Absolutely dominating the other Nintendo show. <laughs> they even sent even Prime was in here, a little spy. See what we're talking about. I'm <laughs> um, just kidding. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys for hanging out with us. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, before we wrap up, I do want to give a big thank you to our producers, executive producer and sponsor, Trent A at the producer role, William Hoag at the executive producer, Mr. Joby at the executive producer, Joshua Butts, a.k.a. the Butts Man, executive producer, John O, executive producer, and Achievement, executive producer, and of course, our sponsor once again for the month, The Game Orb. Make sure you guys go show him some spawn cast love. I expect him to grow in subs because there's a bunch of people in here. Go check him out. Tell him that Game & Talk sent you over there. Um, but yeah, fun week. We'll be back in two weeks with some more discussions to be had. Be sure to tune into the spawn cast on Saturday night where John's going to repeat all this shit again um <laughs> i'm rgt85 josie got anything planning what are, you, what are you working on josie uh boomer versus zoomer the show i did with mvg it's gonna be out soonish uh probably this weekend so that's planned uh and then yeah come back next week there's a pokemon direct so we'll probably talk about that next time too when is that next week yeah yeah, yeah the set this 27th yeah don't be expecting no 
gold and silver on there either, pal. Hate to break <laughs> it to you. Uh, Nate, where can people find you? You can find me on YouTube at Nate the Heat. We'll have an episode in the next week or so, working on a few things, a few leads, investigating. So we will see. Nate, say snorks. Why? This is, Omega <laughs> wants to hear it. Snorks. And with that, we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>